Hey guys, welcome back to the Next Gen Podcast. I'm your host, Brooks Huber, joined alongside by Andrew Christensen and Jimmy Slagle. We have a lot of great topics to go over today. Um, and sorry for the well, almost one month sabbatical, but we are back today and we'll be talking about where the Niners are going to take at three, who should try and trade up to four with Atlanta, and where we'll call Pitts will land, booking it with Brooks, which you guys might remember from a long time ago, and with a Super League going on in soccer over in Europe, we thought if the NFL would have that, how it would look. I'm glad to have you guys on. You guys like saying it before we start? I just want to point out to the listeners that this is indeed the first ever um, recorded podcast in person, so we're pretty pumped to be here. Yeah, just uh, just going off that, uh, you know, I'm pretty stoked to be here. Um, let's talk about our first topic of the day. The Niners are sitting at three. You got Zach Wilson to two to the Jets, and then you got obviously Trevor Lawrence to the Jaguars. Who are the Niners going to take at three? For a while, when they first traded up, there was smoke about Mac Jones. I have no idea why that happened, but I think he's a poor man's Daniel Jones. I don't have a very high opinion of him. So, And now it's either Justin Fields or Trey Lance. The betters in Vegas are pointing towards Justin Fields. So I want to hear what you guys think. Andrew, you got the floor. Yeah, well, it's definitely between, like you said, Mac Jones, Trey Lance coming out of North Dakota State, and Justin Fields out of Ohio State. I'm kind of looking at it right now. A lot of people do surprisingly have Mac Jones, but like Brooks said, I'm not jumping on that bandwagon. So it's kind of both between Fields and Lance. The one thing I do want to point out is, number one, the 49ers are indeed going to take a quarterback. So um, don't be looking for any other positions there. And also both Lance and Fields have spent um, some private weeks off the field working with John Beck. And John Beck is actually a former NFL quarterback who indeed played for Kyle Shanahan when he was offensive coordinator in Washington. So Kyle Shanahan is now the head coach of the 49ers. So this is definitely not a coincidence. And it's important to note that Mac Jones did not work out with him or did not spend private time with him. So to me, it's between Fields and Lance. I'm leaning towards Fields here, but be on the lookout for Lance to, to maybe make a surprising number three overall pick. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think, uh, I think Fields is the number three pick in this draft. Um, when you look at the head coaching situation, when you look at GMs, a lot of time it's the idea of picking decisions that are um, based on the least amount of risk possible, especially with how much the 49ers gave up. Um, I think it would be very unwise for them to take Trey Lance just because you know Justin Fields is able to play at a level um, above Lance, and um, he's proven to be a winner in the Big Ten and college football in general, which, uh, which obviously is hard to replicate. I think that uh, Fields' um, abilities are more aligned to what Shanahan is used to working with. Um, and I think that uh, Fields will be the next 49ers quarterback. Yeah, so moving to Brooks here, I'm just curious, who do you think is going to be drafted in, in this position and why? Do you think Fields or Lance has better capabilities, or what are you thinking? I really like Lance for this pick. I think he, out of all the quarterbacks, has the highest potential in this draft, and in that 49ers offense, it could be lethal because – you don't draft a guys with a high potential. They really have it like a raw prospect unless you have a great supporting cast around them. And that's what they have in 
um, with the Niners. You look at how Patrick Mahomes is drafted. If he got drafted by like the Browns with that high potential, he wouldn't have gotten to where he is. We had a great supporting cast, great head coach around him. And kind of like Josh Allen, when he was first drafted in the league, he was like basically the same prospect as Trey Lance, but he didn't have the right receivers and people were calling him a bust, whatever, after one or two years. But once they got Stephon Diggs, once they got him a good cast around him, and with Brian DeBull kind of emerging as the offense coordinator, you saw his true potential come out. And I think we'll see that if Trey Lance goes to the Bay. And I can guarantee if Trey Lance does go to the Bay that he will be the offensive rookie year over Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, so depending on who the 49ers go um, with, there's also teams such as the Broncos that might be looking for a quarterback. You have the Patriots who could draft in their position currently or even move up. Is there any other teams, Jimmy, that you think might sneak up in the draft or even draft a quarterback in their current position? Yeah, I think I think the biggest wild card to look at right now is that number four spot. Um, the four spot, I think, is is wide open. The Falcons need a lot of defensive help, um, and obviously, there's no clear player at four or the number one defensive player overall that um, the Falcons would need. And so, I, I could see the Patriots moving up um, in the draft, and I also could see the Broncos. I think the Broncos are a sleeper team. I think that the Broncos are well positioned to be a successful football team in 2021 if they can get a true starting caliber um, quarterback. I think injuries really depleted them last year, um, and and uh, I think that they could be a breakout team if they move up in the draft. And um, again, I think this is one of the better years we've seen for quarterbacks. So for me, it would make sense for them to move up and try to take a Trey Lance. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Mac Jones, but um, I think that it's definitely worth an argument to consider um, them moving up for him as well. So now that we've touched on a few teams, Brooks, is there any other teams that we should keep on our radar that might be looking for a quarterback this year? Yeah, I mean, you talked about the Patriots, and I think that would be great for them. They have a lot of draft capital this draft that people don't really pay attention to. And I think if they did want to make a trade to four, they could definitely facilitate that. But there's rumors going around that, I mean, I, I heard it's like probably fake, but that there might have been a trade for Jordan Love to the Patriots. There was like this like picture that had like Jordan Love with like a trade on it in like the Patriots facility. I don't know if that was a prank or whatever, if it was photoshopped, but that's something to think about too. If they, if that happens, then, I mean, who knows? I think the Broncos definitely with George Patton as their GM, they could definitely trade up in the draft. But we also can't count out the Falcons not drafting a quarterback. Like Matt, Matt Ryan, he's 35. They have a new head coach. If that new head coach wants to go in a different direction and they like either Justin Fields or Trey Lance on the board, I mean, who's, who's to say that they won't go and just take a quarterback there? Especially if you have a new head coach, he wants his own guys. But, I mean, personally, if I'm them, I'm trading the picks. They can get a lot more draft capital to help their suffering defense that only got worse this offseason. I talked to their linebacker, Foyer Luacon, a few weeks ago, talked about their key departures on the defense with their safeties, both of them going to Dallas. They need secondary help badly. I think Patrick Sertan, who is a corner, would help with that if they did decide to trade back at nine with the Broncos. I don't think he'll be there past um, 10. But guys like Micah, Micah Parsons, like they, they should really trade back if they're looking at the future of their franchise with Matt Ryan. But if they don't want to, if they want to 
go for the future. I respect that too. Yeah, so I think one of the key things, kind of what we talked about, is if there's going to be any trades involved this year, I think that's really what's going to shake up the draft and, and shake out the, the quarterback scenario. Um, I'm also wondering what you guys think. Do you think there's any teams right now that are kind of bluffing? Do you think there's anyone who is trying to hype up a player that they don't want? So um, there might be a guy that they do want that's on board. Uh, when we talk about the 49ers, you know, we already kind of have Lawrence and um, – Wilson locked up there at the one and two spot. So I don't think there's any reason for the 49ers to bluff because the draft is pretty much theirs. But do you see of any teams that might be kind of giving out some bluffs to help um, their draft and who's going to be on the board when they're up to pick? Um, yeah, I, I think it's a good question. Um, you know, I, I think it's an interesting spot for the NFC East. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that all four of them outside of Washington, who's a little later, um, are drafting pretty much like back to back to back, which that will always lead to some um, deception and teams trying to uh, to make some moves. Um and so I think it's going to be harder for the Redskins to actually trade up in this draft, which is why I didn't think that they were going to um, be one of the teams to move up to take a quarterback, just because they'd have to work out a deal with the Giants, with the Eagles, with the Cowboys, which um, they would not be too thrilled or willing to do. Um, but in terms of smoke screens, I think that um, the Falcons probably have the, the best ability to do so just because their pick is a complete wild card. Um, if they wanted to take Pitts, I mean, I'm sure there are other teams. I know there are other teams that would love um, for Pitts to fall back a little bit. And, and so um, I think that they could really use that to advantage of them really liking Pitts um, and pretending to be pretty clear on drafting him, but using that as a smokescreen to try to get more draft capital to move back maybe to, um, you know, outside of the top 10 and, and be in that um, 10 to 15 range with with uh, still a good uh, capability to draft either offensive line, which I think is one of their biggest needs. If they were to take um, Slater, I think that would be a huge pick for them. Um, and so, yeah, I think the Falcons are best positioned to uh, have smoke screens. Yeah, I'm going to go with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. They've been talked about a lot about getting Najee Harris. And he's one of the better running backs we've seen in the past few years just coming out of the draft. And if you're sitting there at 24 and you actually really want him, why would you be saying all this stuff about wanting to get him? Like, they they don't phase me as a team that would draft a running back in the first round, maybe like a second round or third round type team. But I think I think this might be a smoke screen to get like a defensive player they want. Because in the past few drafts, they've built their team on drafting defensive players. And they've drafted a lot of great linebackers in this draft. And there's guys like Xavier Collins. My favorite player in this draft, Jeremiah Wusakoromoa, who could probably be there at 24, both of them. And they're sitting there. They love picking their linebackers. They're very good at it. Same with wide receivers. So, I mean, I, I just think if they really wanted Najee Harris, they wouldn't be talking so much about him. They would kind of keep it under wraps a little bit. But that's just my opinion on it. Um, Andrew, what do you think about that? Well, I really like how Jamie brought up the Washington football team. You know, with the recent departure of Haskins and the signing of Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, I definitely could see them trying to, you know, trade forward for a quarterback. 
And the reason I say that is because, as you guys all know, in past season, Ryan Fitzpatrick is kind of the guy known for, you know, playing eight, nine games and then kind of turning it over to the the next quarterback or the next um, franchise for that franchise quarterback for that team. So I could see them making a move. But but like Jimmy stated, it's going to be interesting because you have the Cowboys, Giants and Eagles who are all above them. And like Jimmy stated, they're going to try and play defense because they don't want you know, the Washington football team to gain an advantage, especially since they're all in that same division. So they're definitely a sneaky team that might try and move up, but who knows with all the talented quarterbacks, there might be one that drops. So keep an eye out for the Washington football team to maybe see if they can sneak forward or draft a quarterback in their current position. Uh, I think we're pretty much done with this segment. Um, Right guys. So for our next one, Let's now talk about Kyle Pitts. We kind of hinted about that with number four um, to Atlanta. Um, he is, in my p- opinion, the best player in this draft. Many people think it's Trevor Lawrence, and that's rightfully so. But there's he can go to many teams within the top ten. You look at four to Atlanta, five to even like the Bengals, the Dolphins. Any team in the top ten could love a guy like Kyle Pitts on on their team. So my question for you guys is where do you guys see him going? Because right now I, I think if Atlanta stays at four, that's the pick, but I don't think they will. Um, I think Miami, if, if Jamar Chase is off the board, I think Miami is obviously the pick there, but I think the latest he'll go is number eight to Carolina. So Andrew, I'm going to pass you the mic and just let me know what you think. Yeah, so I really like Kyle Pitts this year. I think besides the quarterbacks, he's by far the most raw talent in in this draft. But it all kind of comes down to who needs offensive linemen. There's a lot of good offensive linemen that are, are going to come off the board early. So, you know, between a lot of quarterbacks and these offensive linemen, it's going to be interesting to see where Kyle Pitts ends up. Uh, kind of like what we talked about, I just don't think that Kyle Pitts adds a ton of value to Atlanta right now. I think they could use some um, improvement in other areas. And so for that reason, I do see him maybe sneaking back a tiny bit in the draft or having a team that says, well, if Atlanta's going to draft him at four, I'm going to have to trade up to that spot to get him. So some teams, kind of what Brooks said, is the Panthers. I really think the Bengals would be an interesting one too, especially with up-and-coming quarterback Joe Burrow. To use a guy like Kyle Pitts would be – huge for his progression in the NFL. So those are two teams to kind of keep your eye out for. But I'm wondering here if Jimmy has any other teams he'd like to add. Yeah, I think I think Kyle Pitts is going to throw the biggest question mark into the draft in terms of uh, teams trying to trade up, especially outside of the quarterback. Um, since he is such a freak prospect and, and he is a um, player that probably is the best tight end um, tight end prospect to come out of uh, college in um, quite a few years. I think that teams would be willing to trade up. I think that uh, assuming no trades happen, um, the Carolina Panthers would love to have uh, um, Kyle Pitts um, on the roster. And I think he would really compliment Sam Darnold well. Um, Sam Darnold has never really had a clear tight end, which 
Um, if you look in previous years, a lot of rookie quarterbacks have kind of leaned on that tight end position as they're just starting to adjust and, and make their first uh, first read. And so um, I think that the Panthers are a team to look for, especially since they themselves do not have a strong um, tight end uh, on their roster at this point. So, Brooks, do you have any other teams you'd like to add? Yeah, um, there's been rumors coming out that Jerry Jones is infatuated with the tight end prospect Kyle Pitts. And you look at the Dolphins sitting at six. They have a lot of draft picks in this draft, and you know they, they might want to add some more. If they traded back with the Cowboys at 10, Cowboys got Pitts at six. And at 10, you can still get a premier wide receiver in this draft, probably a Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith-type player. And they would still get stockpiled more draft picks. So if I'm the Dolphins, and I mean, let's say these rumors are true. We don't know if there's truth in them, but let's say they are. Then I would definitely consider a trade like that for them. Because Jalen Waddell is, in my opinion, the second best receiver in this draft behind Jamar Chase. And third best pass catcher behind Kyle Pitts. So you're sitting there. And I think that will work for both teams. I know what you're saying. Cowboys. You guys need defense, not a tight end. Well, not every day you have a chance to draft generational-type talent like Kyle Pitts, where he's basically bust-proof. Like, there is a good chance that he's going to be a star in this league. Like, and he's not just a tight end. He can do it all. We haven't seen a prospect like him in ages, it feels like. So, you can... There's, there's cornerbacks that you can get in the second round. This is a deep corner class, in my opinion. There are players that you can get in, later in the draft and free agency still, like Casey Hayward, Richard Sherman. They're still out there in free agency. So if they have a chance to take a guy like Kyle Pitts, I say go for it. If not, then I guess having Patrick Sertan is a good guy to settle for. Yeah, so with all this being said, it's safe to say that you know there's really no team to rule out for Kyle Pitts. He's a, a generational talent. He's very skilled. Got a great frame for the tight end position. And just to note, the there are many teams around the NFL that do like to utilize two tight end sets. So with that being said, we don't need to rule anyone out here. Teams like the Eagles we've seen in the past with um, both Ertz and Goddard have utilized both those tight ends. So keep your eye out for Pitts. He's definitely going to be up at the top of the draft board and could shake up you know, some scenarios, especially with quarterbacks involved. So with all that being said, let's take a break from these segments and move to the listener's favorite called Booking It With Brooks. So in this segment, both Jimmy and I will ask Brooks three separate questions, and he needs to tell us if he's booking it or not. So to lead this segment off, I'm going to hand the mic over to Jimmy and see what, what take he has for Brooks. All right, so the first one is revolving around the decision that the Bengals are going to have to make. And my take for this is that Panay Sewell would benefit Joe Burrow more than Jamar Chase. Um, I'm not going to book that. I think, Joe, hey, Joe Burrow knows what he wants. Yes, he, he got absolutely wrecked last year, torn ACL and everything. But, I mean, there, this is a deep offensive line class. And you can make the argument, hey, it's a deep wide receiver class too, which that's true, but we saw what both of those guys did when they were on the field together. That 2019 season was immaculate for college football, one of the best we've ever seen. And another thing to note, Justin Jefferson, he was wide receiver two to Jamar Chase on that roster, and we see him put up 1,400 yards this year. 
I think for the trajectory of his career, him on the Bengals would be a lot better than Panay Sewell. Yes, Panay is a generational type prospect at offensive tackle position, and that's hard to come by. But you still have Jonah Williams, who you drafted in 2019, who was injured um, in 2020. I don't know how he did last year, but I mean, he's a guard, but you know, he's still he's still again his way. And if they can get a like Walker Little, who didn't play last year, um, and who people said was like Panay Sewell. So I, I think there's a lot of offensive line prospects in this draft. And why not go for that LSU connection? That's an unpopular opinion, but I'm sticking with it. Yeah, so we definitely challenged Brooks there off the bat. Moving on to our second question. Earlier in the podcast, Brooks, we talked about you know different trade scenarios, some teams moving up, some teams moving back. So I'm curious, are you booking it, Brooks, that two teams will trade into the top 10? this year? You know, that's a tough one. I think there's for sure going to be one team that's going to trade um, at number four. Um, And then maybe there's going to be another team that's at like 12, 13 ish that will trade inside the top seven to 10. I think the lines are in a great position to trade back um, just because they don't really know what they want. And they have a lot of holes in the roster and they're really preparing for the future. So I'm going to book it. There's a lot of teams in the later part of the top 10 that are in a pretty good spot with all these quarterbacks being taken where there's a lot of skilled players. And this is a very deep draft class, in my opinion. So I don't think they would be mad about trading back. Um, I could see anywhere from maybe the Chargers trading inside the top 10, taking Kyle Pitts. They swap, they swap picks with the, the Dolphins. Maybe the Patriots, they trade into the top 10 get four, get Justin Fields at four, or Trey Lance. Like, I think the opportunities are endless right now, and I think we will see two trades in the top ten. All right, next one that we have, um, and, and this one's just thinking maybe over the next one to two years. Um, but Trevor Lawrence will live up to the hype and take the Jaguars to the playoffs in the next two years. Yeah, this is going to be an unpopular opinion because I don't think – I'm not going to book it because when you are that hyped up a prospect where basically you're coming out of high school, people are saying you're going to be the number one overall pick at some point. There's no way you can live up to that hype. Like Zion Williamson, he may never live up to that hype that he was called out to be. So I think while, while Trevor Lawrence will be good and he's going to be a hyped up guy in the league no matter what he does, he just – I don't see him taking the playoffs. Their roster – is not built enough that way. And we don't know if Urban Meyer is going to be a good NFL head coach. We've seen him in college. He's a good college head coach. But some coaches, they just don't make the transition the way you want to see them. Like Chip Kelly, and Chip Kelly, we can say a lot about him. But, I mean, he just did not make the transition the way people expected to. And I think there's a lot of instances where that has happened. So I'm not saying two years. I think maybe three to four, that's like the right trajectory of when they can make to the playoffs. Um, obviously, they got to get more young stars there. They got to spend their money a lot wisely. Shaquille Griffin, $15 million a year, that was a head-scratching move. But, I mean, they have the money to spend right now, so you can't complain. So, I mean, I'm not booking that one, and that's what I'm sticking with. Yeah, let alone it's going to be interesting to see how the Jaguars shape out here in the next couple of years. Like Brooks said, they got an exciting um, new quarterback that's going to be coming to the team along with Urban Meyer. It's going to be interesting to see what he can do at the NFL level and if he can 
help elevate that franchise to to the playoffs. With all that being said, before we transition into our final segment, uh, I'm going to have Brooks here give a kind of a background information regarding where we're headed in this podcast. Yeah, so I don't know if we have any um, European football fans here. I know we're a football podcast, but I don't know if we have any European football fans. So I don't really, I've never watched soccer in my life. You'd have to probably pay me money to sit down. But essentially what's happened over the past few days is these like wealthy American owners have decided to put the top teams in Europe together and create what they call the Super League. So that's where like Ronaldo, Messi, all these like top clubs that make the most amount of money, they're sick of playing these teams that they don't really benefit from. So they see this is an opportunity to make a lot of money. So we're going to have an interesting segment where we're each, all three of us, we're going to give four teams that we could put in this league because it's a 12-team league for um, this called Super League. And then you guys are going to tell us if you agree with them. Uh, I think I'll start with this. Do you guys mind if I start with this? So I could go in many different routes, but I think the obvious pick for just from a standpoint of making money and popularity will be the Dallas Cowboys. You love them or hate them. They make the most money of any NFL team. And for the Super League, I think they're the obvious choice to go number one. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Rams on this one. And the reason I say that is because they're an up-and-coming team. They have a brand-new stadium, which, if you guys don't know, is, I believe, like the most expensive stadium um, for sure in the United States. It's going to host host the Olympics here in the up-and-coming years. So uh, they have a, a bright future ahead of them, a very valuable franchise, and I really believe that they're going to be one of the teams that's going to emerge as one of the favorites and one of the most valuable franchises. Although this uh, this hurts me to uh, to say it coming from a Vikings fan, but I think you have to include the Packers in there as a lock, as a top um, top team. Uh, I love that they're a small market team. I think that's one of the coolest things. The fact if you've never been to Green Bay, the fact that they literally have houses across the street from their stadium and people can um, – homeowners can pay or can get money for people from parking. Like that's how close it is to the community um, is really sweet in green Bay. Obviously they've had success in the history of the franchise. Plus um, they have Aaron Rodgers still leading the helm and an exciting roster as well. Um, and so I would definitely uh, include the uh, Packers. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Super Bowl runners up here with the Kansas city chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is locked in for at least 10 more years, probably for life. And in this setting, he's going to make the most amount of money of any single player in this league. So I'm going to go with them. They're, I mean, they're not the most exciting. They have a um, city, but they have an amazing city, amazing fan base. And I think if there was like a super league for this, that they would be definitely one of the first teams in it. I'm going to go ahead and transition to the Pittsburgh Steelers here. And the reason I say that is because you can't deny that they have six NFL championships. Can't leave out a team with six NFL championships. They've also had a lot of success in the past years, even though they haven't, you know, run won it in a couple of years. They've been up there. They've had, you know, generational talents and Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, and let alone let alone Ben Roethlisberger has been one of a um, a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. So I'm going to go ahead and put the Pittsburgh Steelers in it. 
I think that's a good one. I think the next one I'm going to go with um, is actually the Oakland Raiders. I think that they have one of the more prolific fan bases in the NFL. Um, I think even though they're not the greatest team right now, uh, you can't deny that they have a uh, diehard fan base that would be more than happy to, um, you know, I think they're one of those fan bases that really, regardless of how good uh, the team is performing, they're always going to show up and they're always going to be proud um, I think that there's a lot of history just in California as well with the team. And, uh, and I think that they, um, would, would need to be included in this 12 team playoff. Yeah, I'm going to go with, um, the team that's tied for the most Super Bowls in NFL history with the new England Patriots, even without Tom Brady, they have one of the top fan bases with the top, one of the best head coaches the game has ever seen. And I think, and uh, you have to put them in this league just because of their history, success in the past 20 years, so and their loving fan base in that city. So that's that's the team that I'll be putting in it. I think one other team we got to add to this is the San Francisco 49ers, and the reason we have I'm putting them in there is because we talked about history and how we like to put teams in with a lot of Super Bowl titles. And the San Francisco 49ers do have five. They've had a successful past, especially with Joe Montana. He's one of the most beloved quarterbacks in NFL history. And they just have a rich history of winning there. So definitely going to throw the 49ers in there. I think, especially with this draft too, they have a bright future up and coming. Solely based, I went with the small market team. Now I got to go with the large market team. I think you got to include a New York team. Um, I think the Jets have been terrible for way too long the Giants have a history of winning um, the Giants are always a cool underdog team as well when they make the playoffs not saying that that's happened in a while but uh, they are one of those teams that you always have to be aware of um, they have four Super Bowl titles as well um, and I think that just just the noise of New York and and everything that that brings um, that that they have to be required in this um, yeah, I think we're getting close to the 12-team mark, right? I think it's my fourth team. Uh, I kind of lost track. I think it is. So for this one, I'm going to go with one of the most passionate, one of the best fan bases um, in football right now with the Buffalo Bills. They have a young team led by Josh Allen with that fan base in that city. They're going to make a lot of money in the future, and that's what the the Super League is all about. So that's why I'm going to be going with the Buffalo Bills. All right. For my, my last team, I'm going to throw in the Denver Broncos. They have three Super Bowl titles in the past. Um, as many of you know, you had John Elway, who is now working as the GM. And we also have that beloved run by Peyton Manning. Two historic quarterbacks, three titles. You have to throw them in there, the Denver Broncos. All right, last one, probably going to be a little biased, but hey, what can you do? Um, I think you have to have the Minnesota Vikings in there, and here is the reason why. You need a team that is just going to endure a lot of heartbreak and a lot of disappointing years, and so many times the fans just think that they're going to win it all and think they finally have the team and never can put it together. Um, I think all these other teams have shown uh, that they are clutch in big moments, and the Vikings... Uh, typically choke in the big moments. And so you need to have that team where, um, you know, everyone can kind of root around as the underdog, the team that's never won the Super Bowl, team that's always choked and uh, 
can cause a lot of stress and anxiety in Vikings fans' lives. And so um, that's why I would go with the Vikings. I think Jimmy was a little harsh on the Vikings there. As a long-term fan, I do believe this is our year. So we're going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't know if the Vikings would fit in the Super League setting, but you know, I, I love that passion as a biased fan over there. Um, I think that's definitely it for the podcast today. Thank you guys for listening. Um, and hey, tune in every week. We're going to start pumping these out a lot more now that I'm in the same city as these guys. So thank you guys for listening. And we'll see you guys next week.